Straight Talk Uncut. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Tellers here. Back with another edition of Straight Talk Uncut. And this episode is being recorded on July 8th, 2016. And the quote for this episode goes like this. I just invent, then wait until man comes around to needing what I've invented. Again. I just invent, then wait until man comes around to needing what I've invented. And that's by R. Buckminster Fuller. So I was watching, uh, I just finished up a, a, a documentary, a second documentary that I've seen about uh, Vivian, Vivian Meyer. Vivian Mayer? Mayer, Meyer. And it's... Um, actually titled the same as a book that I read on Vivian Meyer called Finding Vivian Meyer. And it was by this this guy named John Maloof. And he was one, I'm not sure if he was the first one, because I've known, I, I know from, from watching the other uh, documentary, I think it was called The Mystery of Vivian Meyer, there were other people that got their hands on, you know, some of her negatives. But I'm not sure if he was the first one to to uh, get you know get some of these negatives and then sell them to these other people. Cause I know in the in the first documentary, some of the other guys they met with you know another uh, these 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 people that go to these like storage auctions and, and, and buy negatives and buy old stuff that people uh, either left behind or couldn't pay for. So the the storage owners auction the stuff off. Um, but this, by far, this documentary was definitely, definitely better than the other one. Uh, this, this guy, this John Maloof guy, he, he approached it like a historian. Like he really, really wanted to tell the story and go, he went a lot deeper and uncovered a lot more things than the other, um, documentary. The, the first documentary, even, even before seeing this one or knowing this other one was available I'm not sure if it was if it was available at the time that I saw the first one um, it, it, it seemed like it was rushed or it seemed like it was only about the guys finding these negatives and, and their come up off of uh, finding these negatives but this finding Vivian Mayer documentary was really it, it was it was about uncovering who was Vivian Mayer. It was about her, you know what I mean. And it, it if I forgot, I, I you know I can't remember. But in even in the book, there was some stuff that uh, this documentary told about her that it, it puts a lot of you know it explains a lot of things, a lot of like a lot of assumptions that you may have. You know, just by like kind of reading on the internet and stuff like that, this documentary sort of affirmed a lot of assumptions, you know. Um, but one thing I found inter interesting that I didn't know from watching the previous documentary and reading the book, you know, they, they try to make it seem like, and, and I thought this at first too, because she, she hoarded so many negatives and stuff, it made it seem like these these people who who uncovered these negatives and got it printed and had gallery showings based off her work and things like that was doing something that she never wanted to happen 
but in this this finding Vivian Mayer documentary, it, you know, he he found the letter that she sent to this this um, this photo lab in France because she evidently her family was from France, although she was born in New York. Her family was from France, and so she visited she visited uh, her 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 her. her her relatives or her family and friends and on these visits she she would uh visit this this photo lab and she loved the work of the the the, the printer there, the, the lab technician and so she sent them a letter saying that she would like for him to to develop and print her work in the same way that she's that she saw on like these postcards and these other things that he was doing so she definitely wanted you know if if not for the world to see for her own enjoyment she wanted prints done of, of, of her work um which you know it, it it definitely makes put a positive light on on uh on the notion, on the fact that, you know, yeah, she did. It wasn't like somebody was doing something unjust, you know what I mean? You know, like they were doing something that she was she would never done. Um, it, 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 it may be one of those things where she never got around to it. Like I, I tell the story about how when I was young, how when I when I first started taking pictures, you know, you you always like. Matter of fact, there was this there was this thing on uh, YouTube. Um, it was like a class. This guy, I'm not gonna say his name, but he was holding this class, and it, it seemed like it was a challenge to see who who started who started taking pictures the youngest. You know, he was like, I've been doing it since I was 10 years old. Anybody, anybody else in the room can can say that? And one guy said, Well, I've been doing it since I was six, and you know, and it was like, Oh, like. Okay, so what? I bought my I bought my daughters a camera when they were three. You know what I mean? So, you know, one of those like big uh, Fisher Price cameras with the two eyepieces. So, so I mean, who cares? It, you know, I, I, like I only t I only say this because the story I tell is when I started taking pictures. It wasn't I, I didn't give a shit about taking pictures. I never got those film developed. I just um, I had this huge jar to where I would just throw the the, the, the container the uh, film cassettes in, in that jar I, I didn't even I, I had no intentions of getting them developed I didn't even care I just I just knew the camera had to have film to take pictures and and and, and I liked the camera more than anything I like looking through the viewfinder it was like I was uh, like seeing parts of the world that that only the only the parts of the world that I wanted to see, you know what I mean. And I remember that vividly when I was young, um, using these cameras, you know, like like whether it was a Polaroid or a little Instamatic, just whatever camera I could get my hands on, I would I would just go around taking pictures of of just nonsense, you know, dogs. Never I really never took pictures of people because I was always I never wanted confrontation I like I, I never did anything to put a focus on myself you know what I mean so I would I would like uh, go into like the creek and just find bugs or frogs and stuff and take pictures 
I never care about matter of fact I wonder what happened to that jar <laughs> I wonder what happened to those pictures but anyway um so maybe that's what happened you know she just she just wanted to take pictures so much they just build up build up and then it got so overwhelming that she just never got around to getting them developed but the you know the, how this relates to this quote I'm talking about like I just invent and then you know hopefully somebody will come around and why invent it like the, the fact that her pictures I mean anyone who doubts like the the way her pictures are especially thinking that she was a recluse and, and things like that you know she was introverted she didn't want confrontation and stuff but this documentary tells a different side that the other documentary didn't, didn't tell it, it kept up that the first documentary I saw and even the book Finding Vivian Mayer it kept up that mystery that she like how did she take these pictures and she was so you know she was a recluse well if you look at these pictures if you watch this documentary because there's also she also did video you know she also did films like motion photography she also did audio to me once that part came out it didn't seem like she was maybe she was she was you know she didn't give a lot of her personal life to anyone she didn't tell but she she definitely wasn't all that timid because the shots she got of people they it's like right there in the face they, they weren't like across the street um you know what i mean these pictures weren't like across the street or like hiding like behind something and even the self-portrait she took of herself it was like right there um so it gives like this what's the word i'm using like this paradox to her personality you know what i mean like it seemed like people based that she was a recluse only on the fact that she never showed anybody's pictures um or that no one knew about her personal life. That doesn't necessarily make you a recluse. You know, um, so so it's just, I don't know. And, and then the fact that she was, you know, taking these kids around, you know, being a nanny and stuff like that. Um, I don't know, it's just it's just sort of like a, 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 a kind of like a, mis still a mystery of who she really was, you know what I mean? But, um, Oh, I keep losing my point. <laughs> Back to the fact of uh, the pictures. So, I don't think there's no doubt about her her the quality of her pictures. Matter of fact, in the note, she even she even you know says you know she she thinks she's a good pretty good photographer. Which initially, you would think maybe she didn't show the work because she didn't think she was good. No, she thought she knew she was good. She she you know she said that she she knew she had an eye, but. I'm wondering if if these if she had printed these pictures back then, would they have been seen with the same um, awe that they are seen now, or would they have been just just running meal pictures? You know, these are just everyday pictures. This is the life that we see now. Just like if I take pictures now, and and somebody you know uncover them. 30 years from now you know if I if I like right now I'm driving if I take a picture of this Hyundai in front of me and, and posted it online so what it's a fucking Hyundai 
But 30, 40 years from now, <laughs> if someone's seen that picture and they see the scene that I'm looking at now, driving, what you know, it, it will give them a glimpse into the past. So I, so when I, when I look, was looking at these pictures, that's that's how I, even the video, like I wonder why the video, the motion picture she did, maybe she didn't, she didn't do as much, but. I was fascinated by the motion picture she did as well. Like there was this one, these clips of she took one of her, what you call it, charges, her her little, her, her one of the kids she was taking care of, to this slaughter yard, right, this stockyard where they you know slaughter sheep and pigs and stuff. And to me, it seems like not only did she know what she was doing, like Vivian Mayer, but it was planned because. And they, they didn't mention this in, in the documentary, but the little girl is wearing what seems to me to be Christmas color. She has on like this red coat and like these green pants. And her backdrop is this grimy ass stockyard. Like it's almost like she's composited in the in the shot. It, it almost don't look doesn't look real. It looks like this this girl is composited because it looks like it's from two different scenes. You know what I mean? You know, it's like this. The color of the stockyard in the background is real drab. And then this girl is in this, this red and green. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's awesome. Like, I, I got to quit saying like. But <laughs> it's, it's as if <laughs> um, she totally planned it. And the girl, the girl was telling the girl, you know, and now as an adult, and what's funny is now, like, that girl, she has sheep. That lady, I should say, has sheep and stuff like that now. But she was saying how, like, Vivian told her, hey, we're we, we going somewhere. It's going to be a secret. And, of course, at the time, you know, the, 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 when she was a little girl, she didn't realize she's going to the slaughter yard. She, you know, she didn't realize that she's... She's thinking she's just going to like a fucking petting, petting zoo or something. You know, she's, these sheep and these animals here. But it's almost like Vivian had that in her mind. Like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm gonna dress this girl in, this, in these really, really stark, uh, contrasty colors and, and, and record her in this stockyard. It, it's like, I mean, it, can't, it couldn't have been a coincidence. It couldn't have been an accident. It was just too perfect. So I think there was, I mean, there was definitely something, um, I mean, you know, not accidental. You know, if you read the books and you talk, it's like she just accidentally was a genius at photography. She, she accidentally, you know, I don't think it was an accident. She definitely had some, um, you know, she, she knew what she was doing you know what I mean like nobody nobody builds up a wealth of a, a library such a, a stock of images like that and it all be accidents you know what I mean it all be like uh, just just like uh, incidental I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think that um, I think that there was some allusions to where she she had mental problems I definitely think that was, you know, maybe some of that, and maybe that's what prevented her from, from, from wanting to be a quote artist, you know, like a known artist. Um, 
to me, the way they talked about it, it seemed like she maybe had like some sort of autism or something. But uh, yeah, very, very interesting, man. It's like it's, it's just real, real interesting uh, documentary. And I definitely, definitely highly recommend watching that one over uh, over the other one. The, the other documentary I, can't, I think it was called like the mystery of Vivian Byer uh, I mean I think the guy did a, did a good job and he you know he, he went to France to to, to discover uh, even after he found that she she was actually born in New York he, you know he went to France to like find this village that she was that she visited and, and you know so highly recommend that um, and yeah, you know, that's that's where I'm at now as far as like intentions. Like, what's your intentions on the photograph you take? I think you just have to. You you, you I mean, you got to make ends meet. You got to do whatever you want to do to pay the bills. But I think in, in the end, it's it's just about doing the work. It's just about creating. You know what I mean? It's just like like. Our book, Mr. Fuller said, inventing. It's just about creating something. Uh, there's so many people out here. And, and, and uh, you know, good luck to them. Like, there's so many people out here, like, especially in this, in this age of technology. They, they're just making a living or, or, or off, of, off of stuff that it doesn't leave anything behind you know what i mean like it doesn't it doesn't leave anything um to be discovered later everybody wants to make a a how-to video everyone wants to make a tips and tricks content like that you know everybody wants to everybody's making something to get subscribers everyone is making something to get likes instead of making something um, to be to be uh, to be enjoyed now and and discovered you know even later I don't know I don't know if that makes any sense or not but a, a lot of times I'll start watching or start start following somebody's YouTube channel or podcast and you can tell the intentions are there when they start. But then somewhere along the line, they start being like, they start turning back into what these independent media has been getting away with. I mean, listen to any podcast. I think I bitched about this before. Listen to any podcast. Now, you hear the same damn, and and I know, believe me, my podcasts, they're not free. They're not, we, we, they may be free to the listeners, but they cost. They cost money. You know, they cost money and time. So I get that, but it's just it's just annoying to go to a podcast and you hear the same Blue Apron, uh, <laughs> uh, Stamps.com. What's the other ones? Uh, Nature Box. I guess I should quit saying this shit because almost like I'm giving a plug, but. You know, you know what I'm saying. You hear the same. You see, I hear the same advertisement, and it just sounds fake and stale because they all say the same thing. For my listeners, go here and get a discount. I mean, it's, it's just got to be a, a different way to do this and to keep your authenticity. Because as soon as I start hearing it, there's only a few people that two that comes to mind that 
calls out the bullshit of some of these advertisers. You know what I mean? And matter of fact, they lose a lot of advertising because they call. You know, you can tell they are really. If they don't, if they're not behind the product, they're not gonna. They're not gonna push it. <laughs> you know. So I'm, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the ones that just. Um, and listen to me, Ty. I may become that. Like, well, I say I don't know what. I don't know how much these advertisers are paying them. So after a hundred episodes, you may hear me saying. <laughs> promoting the same shit after I see what those checks are like but but I, I don't think so I think if anything I'll start creating some kind of product of my own to, to pitch and to sell you know to, to generate some sort of income based off my work based off something that I'm creating uh, if anything um, so oh so so I haven't talked about my uh, my hundred day workout challenge that I've been doing. I'm still in it. I'm on day 89. I did 89 this morning. And, you know, like usually around my birthday, I got my birthday coming up about a week. I'm usually around, I get my weight way low around 170, 175. And so I started, I started, I started doing tour days Monday. And I started this crazy ass regimen diet like low low calorie protein diet and since monday <laughs> i've dropped seven pounds that sounds crazy but that's fact so i weighed myself monday i was at 187 and i weighed myself this morning i'm at 180 and, and i you know of course i weighed myself during the week so so i saw him like slowly dropping off and even my wife was like what She's like, what the hell are you doing? And it's something that I heard uh, on 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 the podcast. And, and, and listen, man, I, I'm not I'm not a dietitian. I'm not I'm not like uh, a health uh, consultant. Anything. I just heard something about putting your body into like a state of ketosis. I, I don't even know if that's the right word, but I listened to it and I said, hey, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm going to try this and see what happens. And it's real simple. I mean, you, 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 it takes some, if you're used to like waking up, eating breakfast, you know, you, you waste, if you're used to that regimen, it's going to be a pain for you. Uh, like the first two days was a pain for me, but it's really mind over matter, man. It's like, how often do you eat when you're hungry? And how often do you eat when you just want to eat? You know what I mean? When the last time your stomach actually growled because you were hungry? Think about that. When the, I mean, if I, I know some people, they, they their stomach grumble even like you know they can eat and then an hour later their stomach grumbling. You know that's you supposed to be going. You supposed to be able to go a while without eating. You know what I mean? So that's pretty much what I'm doing. It's, it's not it's not anything uh, mind altering. It's just using your food stores for energy. Uh, the right way you know uh, and like I say I'm not you got to look up this shit yourself uh, I'm not a uh, you know I, I just I, I try all different types of diet regimens and you know just just simply because I get bored you know I've tried it, everything from like the the uh, Mayo Clinic diet me and my wife tried years and years years ago like in 2000 I've tried that we did We've done Atkins, we've done the the, uh, the grapefruit diet, we've done a, we done we've done everything. Just I mean, and and not in not with the intention of 
one thing gonna work we I, I do it just to keep you know the same way I do my workouts I I do all sorts of different types of workouts you know if I see something that interests me I'm like you know I'm gonna try it just like food if I see some recipe I want to try hey let me try that that's the same way and that that's the same that's the way I keep it interesting and keep doing it for so long you're not like you know you see these people like at the beginning of the year New Year's resolution. You can tell they haven't been in the gym since last February. I'm I'm always like on some sort of uh, diet regimen, or I'm, I'm always doing something related to health and fitness. Always, like even when I'm when I'm uh, you know going going off like eating clean when I'm eating like shit. It's still I'm like how how much of this can my body take? Uh, just like recently, my, my daughter wanted funnel cakes, and this is this was the last time I ate bad, and I went right on this 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 clean diet that I'm doing now because I was just so disgusted. But she wanted funnel cakes, and she found this recipe for funnel cakes, and so I whipped up this batch of funnel cakes, and I didn't realize how much it made. And I'm, I'm telling you, they were delicious, but I was so disgusted with myself. I mean, funnel cakes is just, it's just bread and grease, really. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's, it, I mean, it's like, it's not even, it's not even hard to do. It's just like donut batter <laughs> and you just drop it in the skillet. And I, and I like funnel cakes. It reminded me of the carnivals and the fairs, but I ate so much. We had, we had funnel cakes in our house for like four days. Uh, but as I was making it, I was, you know, because I've never made them before, I was testing out the grease, the, the temperature, the, the grease and stuff, and making them fluffy, making some crunchy, making, you know, and as I'm, as I'm making them, I was eating them, and I just felt my, I started sweating, <laughs> and not even from the heat, not even from the heat of the cooking, it was just like this internal, something was going on in my body, and I was like, oh my God, you know, like that night, I, I I I knew I knew like I did something wrong. <laughs> Matter of fact, when I finished when I finished making those funnel cake, I just, I like passed out on the couch. I was like, I'm not feeling good. And my wife was like, Well, how much did you eat? And I was like, Well, I wasn't really paying attention because I was like eating it as I was making. I was like trying it out. I was like, But evidently a lot, and I just felt bad. So that next day, I fasted. You know, I didn't eat anything for like. 12 I like I like woke up um at like three like I normally do but I didn't eat anything I didn't put any kind of food or anything in my body until like afternoon and um and that's when I that's that's what reminded me of that that podcast I listened to about you know this guy was talking how he can go 16 hours without eating and then do a hardcore workout and not even be you know like like luggage or anything so I was like all right this is this is the you know, this would be a good time to to start that. So that's when I started it. It was after like eating eating funnel like four or five gigantic. <laughs> I don't know if it was four or five, but it was at least three gigantic funnel cakes, like full size funnel cakes, um, and probably a little bit more. You know, because even after I started feeling bad, I would see them stacked up on the plate, and I would just like take a pinch and be like, oh, and just. <laughs> Stuffing myself with them, man. Um, so, 
but but yeah, I mean, I mean, the diet is simple. It's not it's not anything hard. It's just um, some some essential foods and smoothies. You know, it's pretty much. I do two like green green and uh, fruit and veggie smoothies with protein shake. Uh, those are my last two meals of the day. One one before workout, and then I wait. You know, I, I drink one. And then I wait like an hour and a half to two hours before I work out. And then before bed, you know, not not like right before bed, but like the last thing I, I do is uh, drink another one. And and I and sometimes I would do it with no with no fruits and veggies. That depending on um, just depending on what I did before. Uh, you know, if I use broccoli and spinach in the first one, then the second one I maybe do. The second one, I maybe do um, um, I do like a tablespoon of peanut butter and and like some frozen fruit. Um, but and and also that's the way to go too. Frozen fruits and veggies are the way to go because they last longer, you know. And then maybe I dump a banana. Like last night, my my shake for the end of the day was uh, it was protein powder, a banana. A tablespoon of uh, peanut butter and almond milk, and then the one before that, I do some chia seeds, uh, pine nuts, uh, broccoli and kale, and then uh, protein powder, and then like some frozen mixed berries. You know, and and I do them. I do my shakes really, really thick, so it can feel like a meal. I don't do like the little thin shakes. That's that's another key. So I'm filled up. And then for lunch during the day, like for breakfast, I have like today I had cold brew coffee. I didn't even eat anything because I wasn't hungry. Even after my workout, I'm just really, really thirsty. Um, you know, and then for lunch, I do two boiled eggs. And then for a snack, I do like a, a premier protein bar. And that and that's it. That's what I've been doing since Monday, you know. So I think I, I, think I dropped out, but I use this app called Lose It. That's how I've been tracking uh, tracking, you know, my calories in the diet, and it, and it says I'm way under calories. But until until I start feeling sluggish and lethargic, I'm, you know, I'm fine because my goal is to get like down to like 175 or 170 before my birthday, which is a week. So that's like that's about 10 pounds that I'm gonna lose because I know I'm gonna go berserk. <laughs> I'm gonna probably drink some beer. Um, maybe I don't know. Um. Not gonna have any bread. Oh, that's the other thing. I'm doing like a hundred day no bread challenge. So no bread. If I do any kind of like hot dogs or or burgers, it'll be with no, no, no bread. Um. So, so yeah, man. That you know, if you're interested in like a detail of, of what I'm really doing, I can you know, I can I can let you know. Send me an email at tell us at straighttalkuncut.com. And um and I'll share it with you. I mean, like I said, it's nothing. It's not anything major. But I can just tell you my routine, even even my workout. My workouts are nothing major. To, to this morning, I only did thirty minutes on the treadmill. I did on the incline at ten, uh, walking at like three point five, and then in the evening I do like a high intensity workout for about anywhere from fifteen to twenty minutes. Um, just really, if any rest in between um movement. It's only like 20 seconds. And um, 
but I'm only burning. I'm burning less as far as workout. I'm burning less than a thousand calories. You know what I mean? Um, and that's because of of the 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 diet that I'm doing. You know, I can't be burning a thousand twelve hundred calories if I'm only taking in if I'm not even taking in two thousand. You know, so that's that's the way it is. You know, that's the way you even out. Either you're gonna eat shit and then work out hard, or you're gonna eat light and and work out light. You know what I mean? So, um, so that's it. That's it for this edition. Again, if you got any questions, comments, you want to, uh, got questions about anything, want to know something, um, on, you know, any updates on some of my personal projects I'm doing, you know, I, I won't talk about them here, but I, you know, if you send me an email or something, I'll let you know. Tell us at straighttalk.com. Uh, tell us at straighttalkuncut.com. Like I always say, I don't know a lot. But I do know I talk straight about This is Straight Talk Uncut Thank you guys for listening And I'll talk to you in the next episode